What's up, everybody? I'm TJ. And I'm Kelsey. And we are the, the Nashville, Nashville Wine Duo. Duo. Oh, that's what people have said, and I'm well, I don't know. It's all right. Don't worry that's about it. That's the only reason I've worked with you, because I thought it was 100%. Now you're 73%. It's almost like, You thought I you was know? Italian? Do you think I was Italian? Yeah. No. Oh, come on. Okay. No, no, no. So, so sorry. Cat from 100% Italiano, which is really yes. 73% Italiano. <laughs> yes, but yes. still amazing. Amazing mm -hmm. wines. Mm -hmm. We are honored to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. So first me. off, cheers. Yes. Cheers. She poured some delicious looking stuff in our glass, mm -hmm. which we want you to uh, talk about here in a little bit. Yeah. But while we sip and try and get our bearings on what she poured for us, tell us about yourself. Tell me. Yeah, tell where'd, me. You get, where'd you get started in the wine world? And Well, um, born in Nashville? Yes, born okay. and raised in Nashville. I also think it's important to note that I was not intending to be in this industry. I was originally going to go the music route like everybody else in, in Nashville area. You uh, music? No. Sing? I wanted to uh, tell the people who were singing what to do. I wanted to manage, like wanted to do Artist tour management, management. Okay. event management, okay. you know, any of that. Um, and I needed a job my senior year of college and my uh, best friend and roommate at the time worked at Arrington Vineyards, which is located in Franklin. And she ended up um, helping me get a job there, and that's kind of where it all started. That was where I decided that wine was something fun and something I wanted to pursue more so full time. And at that point, I even did try to jump into distribution, but obviously I was a baby. Mm -hmm. I'd only been in the wine game for like maybe 10 months, so that didn't pan out. So I ended up going the retail route, which you can either do like, you know, retail restaurant, but I did retail and worked at um, Midtown Corkdorks in downtown Nashville for two years before then making the jump into distribution, which was the goal for the past three. And now here we are. We're, wow. we're doing the darn you, thing. You made it. I've yeah. made it. This is it. So yeah. what What made you, um, you were saying you were like, started working at Harrington. Mm -hmm. What there like made you, what about it made you fall well, um, I've always been kind of a weirdo when it comes to history and facts, and I've always been really good at recording just random things. And, and when with wine, there's so much to know, and it's constantly changing. And one of my favorite things about it was that, you know, it is one of the oldest beverages in the world that we've been drinking for hundreds of years. And I just kind of was grown to it in that sense, seeing how happy it made people too, mm, like these yeah. people that would come together. I mean, we got tourists, we got bachelorette groups, I mean, birthdays. And so many people from all different walks of life were just so excited and loved this this beverage. And I just thought it was the coolest thing and I wanted to share it with more people. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it makes people happy. It brings people together. Totally. Mm -hmm. For sure. And even I've, you know, we've been to Arrington before and it is, it's kind of like a magical place, like beautiful yeah, grounds beautiful. and just a place where people, yeah, they're happy. Yeah. So it's the, it's the coolest thing. And then, you know, they're learning at the same time and they don't really know they're learning because mm -hmm. you're just kind of slipping it in there. But it's it was the best the best introduction I can think of into this industry and, and also just a super fun job to have at that pivotal point in my life so so what brought you to 100% Italiano like how did you get involved in that um, I was familiar with them because we did carry a few of their products at the store um, and then when I was also just doing research into the different distribution houses that here in Nashville that was one of them that popped up and they were looking at the time and I applied and luckily enough, they wanted to take the chance on some ding dong that walked up out of the street and said, I like wine and I like people. Can I sell your 
Yes, and they, they, were, they were about it, and they believed in me, and they still believe in me, and we're just having a, a great time together. That's awesome. At any point during the interview with them, did they ask if you were Italian? No. Okay. I'm not the first non-Italian to work with them, so I, it's, it's been a trend. It's There's, a trend yeah. that's happening, okay. But the core people, which is why it's still 100% Italiano, as they are 100% Italiano, came over to the States, started up this amazing company. Andrea Dante is the president. Wow. Um, yeah, so it, it's kind of like a... They immigrated from over there. Yeah, they came over here, um, and I want to say they uh, started the company about 13 years ago. Mm. And the reason um, that the logo you mentioned on Instagram is is the little cartoon Man, guy car- driving yeah. a Vespa is because that was Andrea at the start. He was he had a Vespa. He was putting cases of wine on the back of it and delivering out to customers who, again, just believed in him and took the gamble and and brought in these really cool products and when it also came to searching houses that I wanted to take a part of I really gravitated towards 100% Italiano because they do that small owned family production Mm. sustainable biodynamic organic vibe Mm -hmm. and it's all hand selected by Andrea of things that he's drank and gotten excited about and I really liked that because when it came to working at a retail spot even I found myself naturally gravitating towards the smaller production vibe and and pitching that to people who maybe drank had only ever had grocery store wine which mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with grocery store wine in the slightest but when it comes to deviating from that you tend to go more towards like the smaller producers and I think you're right yeah yeah that's well, really cool and I love that what I love about you guys too is you kind of focus on the boutique aspect of like like you were saying like you're not working like with these big you know warehouse stores and stuff like that right really stay focused on who right. you guys sell to and keep stay true to I guess his vision yeah when he started the company completely yeah staying true to we did um, well. I want to say like restaurants is still probably our strongest point, but when it comes to retail, they like the small, family-owned, mm-hmm. you know, and even just the connections with people that you build from that retail spot. It's got to be yeah. someone that's like face to face and mm-hmm. and all that. So, that's do you really miss cool. retail at all? I miss retail so much. You do? <laughs> still to this day, I miss retail so much, and it's just because I mean, you know, Arrington was a gateway into wine, but it was also kind of like another introduction into customer service, mm. which I have a weird passion about. Mm-hmm. I love helping people. That's I awesome. like making them happy and making sure that their their event, their bottle, their whatever is exactly what they want and is the best that I can provide. Um, so that's kind of how I really got into the retail, and, and I still find myself asking people can I help you find anything? Um, I don't know where the heck it is, but <laughs> we're going to figure it out together. You'll be like shopping at TJ Maxx and like talking oh to somebody. Oh my gosh, I, I do. I'm really awful at it. And, uh, and I mean, my great grandmother was this way. My grandmother, we like, we cannot stop talking to people. And it's something about our faces that strangers will see us and be like, oh, so what'd you think of blah, blah, blah. Like they'll just randomly talk to us. And then I find myself talking to them. And it's so annoying for people I'm around because I'm always ca- talking to strangers and just making connections with people that it's not going to pan out to anything. It doesn't matter, but I'm just doing it on Tuesday. But that means that, you know, you can tell like you're meant for this job because you were saying that basically you carry around, maybe you can describe what you do in your job, like on a yeah. day-to-day basis, but you're t- going and selling wine to people and talking to people and yeah. Yeah. And you take around, what, what exactly would you call it? Like a suitcase your wine yeah so it's this big old <laughs> wheeled thing it's got 12 compartments it is insulated um and you just i wheel this around town and pour samples for random people um and yeah that's kind of how the if we were talking about day to day yeah i have appointments i go to and i pour samples that i've pulled that week that feel pertinent to one account or another and we just go through the bag and see what sticks and yeah your bag of goodies. My bag of goodies. It's like a Mary Poppins bag. <laughs> and it's so funny because, oh my gosh, like Friday I had a champagne in there and I hit a bump on the street and you could hear 
pop oh no where the oh the champagne stopper had flown off no. it and we were in a tasting and i went to look for it i don't know where that went oh, bag is zipped it's closed it is not in that bag it is like it dissipated into complete thin air i have no <laughs> idea so sometimes even i don't know what i'm gonna put <laughs> well why don't we talk about um the first wine that we're drinking yeah, so yeah. you pulled two wines for us that are in the 100% Italiano catalog. Correct. Um, also thought it would be super fun to do more of a deep dive into orange wine because um, that's kind of one of the tangents that I can get on with myself and my wine friends in the sense that I feel like orange wine is almost too broad of a term to be using now. There's so mm. many different little categories it can fall off into. So the first one we're doing is the Marina Daniele Pinot Grigio. Um, this one's going to be out of Veneto, Italy, um, and it's done in a traditional Romato style, which is what a lot of the Pinot Grigios were done like, you know, back in the day when they first started making them. Um, and with this one, particularly what Romato was referring to is the fact that they're letting it, the grapes are staining the wine. That's why you have this really pretty copper color that we have in our glasses. Particularly with this one, they're doing, um, you know, a short cold maceration of about 12 hours with the skins, and then they age it in stainless steel tanks from there. So what you're getting from this still, which is particularly what you find in most orange wines, is you're getting a little bit more body that's being built just from the tannin that is coming from that grape skin, um, as well as you're getting more fruit components that just come out naturally from that process as well. Um, another important thing to note is that orange wine is going to be made from white wine that they're doing the the skins with that's mm -hmm. kind of the thing like you we think of rosé it's kind of a similar process because yeah. rosé is done with red wine this is just done with white wine and and but you still can get so much color and flavor and it's a really great segue especially for white wine drinkers if we want to tiptoe into something a little bit richer a little bit fuller mm. tipping more into like the red wine category just because sometimes you'll get and we'll find it with this next one you'll get more tannin and it's a great food wine it pairs with endless things just because of how versatile it is yeah everything well, you said is yeah how well I we had know. davis <laughs> campbell on one of the episodes and he told us about italian orange pinot grigio mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we we let him know like we've found one mm -hmm. it's available around town Correct. right yeah so people can locate this and ask for it at your favorite places cork dorks for sure mm -hmm. cork dorks man for this sure. is like such an elevated yeah. version of pinot grigio oh yeah and that's what it is and even before i started working with italiano when they had it at cork dorks that was always my favorite thing to show people because it is a it's a step up from your totally. standard pinot grigio and uh, pinot grigio i love has its place in time but sometimes they can be a little bit fruity a little bit too light mm -hmm. for the occasion yeah. this gives more to it like you know we're even getting like some almost like peach skin mm -hmm. notes. You're getting a lot more stone oh, like fruit more from this, which normally yeah, I feel like Pinot Grigio runs more of either, I don't want to say light citrus, but it gives more like apple pear vibes to mm -hmm. me, like really light fleshy fruit. And this just rounds it out and deepens it up a this little bit. This is delicious. No, I love this one. I love it this one. So How much does this wine retail for? Uh, $19.99. That's it? Yeah. Yeah, this wine, this drinks, this drinks like, a, like a $40 bottle of wine. I yeah, mean, it's, yeah. it's crazy good. Yeah. Wow, I can't believe it's only, yeah, which is what, I mean, another thing, going back to the company, that's what I love about it is that you can get some really cool off the beaten path and just great stuff. And it, it's just going to be at a, a more affordable price, price. just because mm -hmm. we're smaller and that's how Andrea wants to price it out. Wow. Thank you so much for And this course. one <laughs> is sustainably farmed? Yes. She is sustainable. Also a female winemaker here. Marina Daniele is the woman. So she wow. is oh. heading that operation. I believe she inherited it from her like grandfather, her family, and now she's the one who's who's running that show. 
And yeah, they, uh, they started like back in 1870. They've been making wine ever since then. And in the past 30 years, they've revamped the winery and made it to like this almost like resort-like destination because they want to share it with people and have them come and stay on property and and have that kind of experience. So it's been a long time coming. And now we've got a, a lady at the helm of it all. I'm so looking cool. at this little stick on the back of it. You? What does that say? A little sustainable bumblebee. It's uh, a questionable, don't, sustainable. Don't ask me. I'm not Italian. <laughs> it's I've, I've never seen that sticker anywhere. Yeah. yeah. It says quality sustainable, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. But it's the cutest little sticker. Yeah. A little bumblebee. Love it. Yeah. Very love cute. It. A bottle. This is awesome. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's so good. I feel like this would be one that I would pick up and like it would impress any anybody when mm -hmm. you take it to. Yeah. They'd be like, well, Where'd you a, get this? This is good. What a cool introduction again to like an orange Pinot Grigio, like a skin yeah. contact Pinot so Grigio. So unique. Like, yeah. yeah. It's Which, like I said, to step back up on that soapbox, there's so much that orange wine has to offer. And I feel like that was a struggle I had when it was in retail and people were coming to me and they said, oh, I've read about this thing called orange wine and I'd really like to try it. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you like? And, and it wouldn't be anything close to um, the orange wine that they had read about because a lot of times I feel like when we think as industry professionals, when we think of orange wine, you know, a lot of times you're thinking of that more acidic, that tannic. Uh -huh. It almost leans to, which this one does, this next one will kind of go more towards that side where it's going to be a lot sharper. More like it's a pet nat. More like a pet nat. It mm -hmm. almost, um, even without the effervescence, it just has yeah. more of that mouthfeel as well as sometimes they can come off really like Pilsner beery, like they mm. almost drink mm -hmm. like kombucha. Mm -hmm. um, and there's just such a range that... I'm clearly not clever enough to figure out what we would define and how to separate those, but there's just so much variation within the category as a totally. whole. Totally. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think that that's, it's kind of a newer, I mean, not a newer concept, but to like the general public of people, they think it's kind of newer within the past five I mean, years. yeah. I mean, the guy who yeah. even coined the term orange wine, he did that in 2004. Like, this yeah. is still fairly Seriously. relevant. Yeah, yeah. Wow. and it was a, it was a British that. wine importer. Um, who, who was the one who started calling it orange wine. Mm -hmm. And But, I mean, if you look at it, I want to say the three main probably uh, areas that do um, orange wine going farther back would be Italy with their Romato style. Slovenia does a lot of orange wine. And Georgia, the country, does a lot of orange wine. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so that's like your three you know, back in the day, these were the guys who were doing it. And this was just, you know, Romato style, just what they yeah. were making. This was what they did. And then, you know, now orange wine has kind of obviously grown from that. Yeah. And I feel like it's even gotten more of a rap of being kind of like his, hipster and, yeah. and new and weird when really it's been here for a while. It just wasn't necessarily super. Which is why confident. I think that those, the ones like the hipster kind of thing that you're talking about, I think the ones that people have had us try, they have been more of like a beer kind yeah. of. Yeah, totally. You know, we've tried other ones since mm -hmm. then that were more like on this, line of things but yeah i think that that was kind of initial people's first mm -hmm. like first thought about mm -hmm. what it is totally so yeah yeah it's fun to look at the opposite spectrum and know that orange wine's not necessarily for uh brad who lives in east nashville with his little car right beanie. it brad. can be can be deborah down you here know brad <laughs> i know brad <laughs> coincidence <laughs> so before we pour the other one we were having a really fun discussion about Spitting wine out. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Spitting, spitting and which we are not yeah. doing today. Which we're not, not doing today. We're not spitting. No spitting here. But you were saying about like why do you, why do you, what's the main reason people do that? So we don't get drunk so darn quickly. Yes. Really, it's yes. what it is. Um, I feel like especially when it comes to trade shows and other tastings, 
you would it's kind of proper protocol to spit because you're not getting as much alcohol in your system I will say even at the end of the day you're still putting it in there it's still getting in your tongue getting your bloodstream so even at the end of a trade show you might feel a little lightheaded and like that was great yeah um, but imagine what you'd be feeling if you if you actually ingested everything so that's kind of the idea there um, some people think that you're not really getting the full essence of a wine unless you swallow it I kind of agree with that kind of notice that but unless you're like super trained in the palate I don't think you even really recognize that it's just kind of depressing. you told us a funny story about something that happened to you <laughs> yeah, uh, it was, it was a, a trade show that was in quite a large hotel and I was there with my boss and my managers at the time, baby retail. I had just started maybe three months ago, like I was very new and I was so excited to go and they have all these spittoons, which are these, you know, just these, they really are almost like champagne buckets, like they're just these mm -hmm. big silver buckets. And I have always been really anxious about the spitting thing because it's kind of hard. If you watch a seasoned spitter, um, you know, they can really <laughs> aim it for the bucket and, and it's like a very classy thing and they're fine. I'm like, it's like dribbling out of me. It's going all down the so front of like my shirt. So you're like Jack on I'm Titanic. Really, yes, I'm having such a hard time <laughs> doing this. And there was one time that I went to spit in this bucket and it, you know, it was quite full. They dump them out obviously at the end of these events to keep them from getting full. Yeah, I would hate to be that person. Oh yeah, I've been that person. Oh. Um, but I went to spit in the bucket and it came back shot and hit me in the eye. And it, <laughs> I just had to really tell myself like, you are having fun. This is where you want to be. Do not think about all of the thousands of peoples of saliva that has just gone into your eyeball. You're having a good time. And you also don't want people to notice that it's happened, too. Right. There's been so many times where I've gone to spit and it goes all the way See, down my shirt. if something like that happened to me, I think I would think I was going to die. I just had to push it away. I know, I know. I, well, <laughs> I couldn't, definitely wasn't going to have a freak out with my boss right next to me. Yeah. Can you imagine? Three months in and I'm yeah. like, oh, God, I gotta Yeah, you die. had to be, yeah, you had to play Yeah, so I had to play cool. Act yeah. like it didn't happen. Have I don't you, know if anyone saw it, but. Have you ever been talking to someone and they spit on you? And yes. And you play it off like you didn't Completely. just get spat on? Absolutely not. Like, oh, you, you. I do it call all. Call them out? No. Oh. No, yeah, I'm saying no, absolutely got, not. Yeah. You do not call yeah, them out. Yeah, you act I like I just did not take it in the face and you just go. <laughs> I even won't even flinch sometimes. I've gotten real good about it. And I just stare straight. <laughs> An old lady spit on me last week. <laughs> it was an accident, right? Well, yeah, but it was like she was really old. Because I've been spit on on purpose and that's like a whole So I really love old people. Don't get me wrong. Like I think old people are great. I love, love old people. people. People are mean about old people. And actually, actually, this is random. But I was on Netflix. They made some horror movie about old people. Was it Deborah Logan? It, no, it's called Old People. Oh. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's like the haunting of Deborah Logan. Well, I like, turned lady. it on and it was like all these old people like killing people. And I'm like, it's like old people. Oh. I'm like, I love old people. I love an old Let's lady. not do this. But she, you know, she was spitting a lot when mm -hmm. she was talking. Mm -hmm. And then she was trying to talk to me about like, I have all these returns. And then she was like, and I'm yeah. like, ugh. No. <laughs> Returning like, more than her items. She was also a. Yeah. And then like I walked away and I was like, I, I thought. I said, I think I'm going to die. Mm -mm. But I didn't die. It was pretty bad. Okay, other random question now that we're on a spit bucket. Mm -hmm. Is there a price that... Mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> Wait, let me ask the question. I know what you're going to ask. I'm ready. I'm calculating Is numbers. there a price <laughs> yes. that would pop in your head yes. if someone offered you to take a sip of the spit bucket? What would be the price? Oh my for God. you to oh do that. Oh my God. I don't know. The situation that you're in. This is such a personal question. Yeah, what's the price, question. Yeah, what's the so price Everybody's got a price. What would be the price for you to take a sip of that spit bucket that everybody's spat in? $10,000. That's $10, it? Yeah, because that's a pretty good down payment. No, I, that's not. You wouldn't. You I would not. No. Oh, I, I, I don't even know uh, if I would have a 
Well, I, you know me though. I don't have a. I oh, not. he has. He really struggles. He actually. So if we go over to other people's that. houses, and if you don't say this on the, the podcast, I can say it on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you guys start pouring the other wine? <laughs> talking about this is cat, not. Jay's okay, secrets. I know, I know, but she this. She can know the secret too. So, if if TJ eats food that you've prepared at your house, that means he really trusts you and thinks that you're a clean person because he will most likely never eat food at other people's houses. Okay. Because he, if he can't see how it's prepared and he thinks that you might be a dirty person, then he will not eat your food. Now there's people reassessing situations every, that we've been every in. Every dinner they've had. Did he all eat the people, All you... the people that listen to this are people that we've been to their house and you've eaten their food. But... He has to figure out if you're a clean person. Like, cause if he, if, if he, yeah, if he feels like you're a person that doesn't wash their hands, like if you're kind of like, you know, like well, yeah, if you're kind of like a dirty person, like he won't eat the food. Not okay. dirty person in general, like even, even the house, house. If the house is like, kind of dirty, right? Like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I come from a medical family, so I grew up hearing about you know things that happen in the hospital and all that stuff. Yeah. Of course, not a HIPAA violation, absolutely not. Yeah. But, you know, just uh, bodily fluids are constantly in a hospital. And I don't know. I never got that issue. Um, mm-hmm. My uncle would only eat after me as a, as a small. Only eat after you? Yeah. He would not eat after anyone else because it just grossed him out. But for whatever, me, little buddy, he was fine with that. Oh, yeah, no, but, you know, I will wipe a kid's snotty nose with yeah, their hand. Don't even care. Like, I don't know. Yeah. They've never, it's never bothered and that's me. That's why he won't eat. That's why, that's why he wouldn't drink the spit bucket. So how much would it take for you to oh, do yeah. it? A million dollars. You don't think you, a million dollars, TJ. A million dollars. Um, Maybe, a million maybe, dollars? Maybe. I might throw up in the spit bucket. That's though, fine. I mean, it. you could do that. I, I'd probably throw up. It's all psychological. For it me. is. That's why. No, it's <laughs> it. My mind I plays mean, tricks on me. I'd do it for 5000 That's why I think about what I'm eating, though, too, because I'm eating and I'm, like, thinking about, like, it's running in a field. And I'm like, this is this is messing with my psyche. Yeah. Yeah. My mind is my worst enemy, I think, in that regard. Because yeah. I think about what I'm eating or drinking. So, and actually, like, yeah, mm-hmm. Jessica Sanquist, if you're listening, the fact that he ate tacos at your house last <laughs> yeah, night. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that was, that was bomb. Those were good. He ate them. Good. I was like, he's reached a level with her. Here we go. Oh. Before he trusts you. Yeah. I trust you, Jessica. So All right. All right. We're moving on moving to the next on. one. $10,000, huh? That's yeah. crazy. I just said okay. five. I'd do it for five. You do it for five? Honestly, you say that. my initial gut thing was going to say a thousand. I'd do it for that. Because that's about. I would do. girls are crazy. Thousand bucks. That's a really good a Yeah. Where everybody's spitting. You didn't it? tell me I had to chug the whole thing. Yeah, no, no, it's like a, a single sip. Like a sip. Yeah. Sip. yeah. Absolutely do it. Can you imagine? Get a nice little handbag for a thousand bucks. I'm fine with that. All right. Yeah, um, so this next one is Ooh, really... love the nose uh, Isn't it beautiful? One. Yeah, okay. Um, so oh, this wow. definitely has that oh aromatic gosh. smell. Um, uh, so this wine... It smells like the ocean. Yeah, okay. Giving everyone context since they're not here. Um, so this is the Goralis Terra Ambera. This is going to be an orange wine. It's made of Muscat of Alexandria, which is a grape that is mostly gonna be indigenous to the Lemnos Island, um, which is gonna be kind of near Greece, I believe. Okay. Uh, one of those little fun spots. Um, with this particular one, we're looking at staying with the skins for about five days um, and then being aged on the lees for two months. So we're gonna get that. Wow. I love lease aging, you can really taste mm. it. It's gonna have like this creamy, sort of like mid palette to it. 
but particularly talking about the Muscat of Alexandria grape, this is going to be really aromatic. It's really pretty. It's got a beautiful nose on it. I mean, it's almost, I don't want to say Riesling-esque, but like Riesling and Gewürztraminer are like the top aromatic grapes that I think of when I start to smell something. Well, in the previous one that you had, it said stayed on for like hours on yeah, the skins. Yeah, yeah. This is five days. Yes, so this yeah. is where we're taking that huge turn into... And then you have the leaves on there. Yes, like, yeah. yeah. Okay, maybe this sounds weird, but I get a lot of like pine. Yeah? The nose on this is just... Do you get pine Beautiful. on the palate or in the nose? The nose. Like a balsam. Yeah. Mm. I love it. I, I just can't get past the, how good it smells. It smells so good. Mm -hmm. But even this one, it still has that depth and you can really feel it after you swallow it. Yeah. There's like an acid to it that really comes out. But there it's... is an oranginess to it too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you get that. I get the orangey. Mm -hmm. Kind of sure. more of like that citrus. In, in the taste, yeah. yeah. And I think that's more going to be due to, to the Muscat of Alexandria more so. I'm doing a video right now too and I love the skeleton hanging out behind you in every video I'm doing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. So where in town can you get this at Cork Dorks? You can get that at Cork Dorks Green Hills. Cork Dorks Green Hills. It's right by where this? I work. How much does this bottle run? Made with organic grapes. It says right it on the bottle. So pretty. I should know that off the top of my head. No worries. It's a little closer to 30. Okay. But okay. not quite. Still not bad. Yeah. Yes. This is like a little step further into like the orange world. But like the, like we were saying, I think more, I mean. It makes me think of an IPA. I was oh, yeah. 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 It's kind of got a hoppy nose totally. to it. Totally. Okay. Yeah. You just point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Completely. But not in a crazy. But not in a crazy way. In like mm -hmm. a really like because light, it, beautiful yeah. way. Right. Like, and it doesn't really translate onto the palate either. Like I can't stand an IPA. I think it smells like a drug that is not legalized here in the state of Tennessee. Um, but it definitely has that kind of vibe to it. But even this on the palate, it's more of like that fruit. It's more floral leaning yeah. as opposed mm -hmm. to. You know anything else but i think i think if you ask like an ipa drinker they're gonna be like oh it's fruity and citrusy i don't know it smells gross but this one doesn't i, I mean it's an ipa yeah, but it's is, not a gross I love ipa this one this is incredible totally different than the, the skin contact totally different you can even feel when you swallow it there's like a sand not even sandpaper but it's like a like a smacking mm -hmm. um that is coming from the grape skins as well as that really pretty grape must that you see on the bottom when you shake it up, it gives it that also kind yeah. of like tannic feel. You feel it on your tongue. I really feel it that I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, great. Oh my god. It's definitely a weird one. Two incredible wines from 100% uh, Italiano, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. I love this. Unfiltered, un unfined. Would you say too, I mean, from a lot of people we've been doing, you know, these conversations with, do you think a lot of the reason, too, that you have gravitated towards 100% Italiano is because it also matches, like, your own palate and, like, the wine that you like? Um, or no? I'm going to say no. Really? Yes. Okay. Um, mostly because when I started drinking wine, I started with Moscato. Like, mm. sweet, wow, okay. nothing, you know. What was the first wine you ever tried? The first one first I ever one tried? Ever Don't tried. you ask me that. It's probably, like, freaking... Sutter Home Pink Moscato. Hey, everybody has a starting point. Oh my God! You know what I loved in college? No shame in that game. Arbor Mist. Arbor Mist. Do you remember oh. like the fruit wine they did? Arbor Mist. We called it candy wine 
I love that stuff. <laughs> Look but how anyway. elevated you are now, though. I know, and that's what that's like. I said, like with Italiano, I kind of gravitated more towards. I like the the family owned small production, like highlighting people who've worked years and years and years and are still down in the trenches with their with their you know great pickers and and I like that idea and I think the more you drink wine the more you kind of transition in your palate and get a agree. little bit more elegate, uh, elevated mm-hmm. um, but even then you know there's still really great sweet wines out there that mm-hmm. are that are good and they they serve their purpose I, I mean I'm definitely not one of those people who looks down on someone for what they like about their wine mm-hmm. I mean if they tell me they like juicy fruity cab that's fine let's find the best one we can do and we'll we'll rock with it from there um so do you still drink sweet wine not much anymore now really how yeah the the sugar gives you a real good hangover so i don't really do much of that anymore i love a good sweet wine i'll take a sip of it but since i have been doing this it almost one sip is enough i can't drink a whole three liter 1.5 format of arbor mist candy wine yeah that just doesn't hit yeah does not hit the the system the same way the same Mm mm-hmm so we have a, a friend, her name is Becky. That's what we'll name her, Becky. Becky is turning 21 tomorrow mm-hmm. and wants to start drinking wine. Mm-hmm. What would be a good wine recommendation for her as a first wine to try, being newly 21? What would you recommend to uh, uh, someone, new wine drinker? There's so much science, science that goes into this as well. Yeah? Because... This is a very generalized statement, but they've they've done some research on it. And the reason that Americans tend to like that more fruit forward, bolder flavor is because the American diet is so high in sugar compared to other countries mm. that our brains are almost wired to notice the fruit, notice the sugar, notice the sweetness, and they it immediately likes it. Mm-hmm. So you almost have to mm-hmm. untrain your brain from that high sugar diet. So when it comes to something from 21, I mean, obviously my first gut thing is to give them a Moscato, give them something sweet because even if they don't like it, they like juice yeah. and it tastes mm-hmm. like juice. Yeah. Um, so it, I, that would be my first leap. Moscato. Yeah, like a Moscato. If I was going to do, if they really wanted to try something a little bit more serious, I would probably steer them towards, honestly, a Beaujolais, like a Gamay, mm-hmm. just because it has that bright pink, like bubblegum, strawberry, cherry yep. fruit, and it's still fairly light. I feel like yep. sometimes the more medium to full-bodied wines can be a little heavy on their systems if they haven't had it before. Yeah. Um, fairly light in alcohol still, so it won't be too noticeable on the palate, and that's kind of the route that I think I would, I would go. That's great. Yeah. So still not super standard, but yeah. I think that would be a good starting point. Yeah, we suggest Lambrusco a lot to people. Oh, Lambrusco's delicious. Uh, you guys did a, a highlight on the Piopa Lambrusco, and that is an Italiano wine. That's, oh. that's one of ours, yeah. Really? And I love that one that's because a it's it's one. a dry Lambrusco, but it still has that gorgeous like blueberry banana smoothie vibe to it without having any of the additional sugar. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Lambrusco would be a really really yeah. great way to we go love with that as well. as well. So before so. we end this, what's on the horizon for you? Anything new, or is it just kind of? Cruising along. Cruising along, still figuring this out. I mean, yeah. I've, I've only been doing this since January, so what, I'm 10 months in? They act like you're really not going to really know how how far you can go until like maybe a year, year and a half. So, so was it January till whenever you were in COVID still? Mm-hmm. Did, how was that transition starting in January still coming out of COVID? Meeting with people, going into restaurants, stuff Get like that. Did you wear masks all the yeah, um, I, I I live with my elderly grandmother, so I was always a little Where, bit more yeah, more, more cautious than yeah, others. Sure. Um, 
but again, didn't really judge other people if they didn't want to. Oh, not, yeah. a bit, not a thing, like yeah. it's everyone else's business. Um, but yeah, there were some places that were still doing masks in the store. And I would wear it when I'd go in there. Um, and really, really But more you guys so. would still taste? Yeah, actually. Okay. Oh, cool. Which, yeah. if you think about it. It's kind of weird. Kind of weird. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But really what it boils down to is they, you almost trust the coworkers and the people you work with to do right by their health and your health as well. Totally. Yeah. Um, so there's a different, which probably still isn't even right, but there's a different level of respect and trust that goes along with that. I think when it comes to like bigger spaces, they mostly wore the mask for like the general public coming yeah. in. Yeah. Because you don't yeah, know, you don't know what they've done, yeah. blah, 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 uh-huh. yada, totally. yada. So I think it more ran along lines with that. But um, no, there really wasn't. So you didn't have to do any kind of like virtual tastings or anything with like clients? No, like because when I started, COVID was already where we were tipping towards the end of it yeah. and, and it, w- it really didn't affect me too much. And I will say when I was in retail and it was like the heyday, we stopped all tastings. There were no tastings, yeah. no really bringing in of any new product unless it came towards like price and, and what fit the store at the time. Yeah. So I'm happy we moved on from that point yes. that we're yeah. living life again regularly. Yeah. Everything's so much better. Yeah. So. Well, you've been like a joy to talk with. And Thank you. <laughs> yes, and I can totally tell just, I mean, even in the 15 minutes leading up to when we did the podcast, like um, you're just such a people person and I um, I love meeting people like that because we're people people. Yeah. We're people people. We're people people. We're people people. people, people. <laughs> yeah, and um, no, you're just, you're so delightful. Thank and you. So, yeah. Yeah. Anybody needs to meet this person. Everybody so does. So we're going to tag 100% Italiano <laughs> mm-hmm. and Kat's Instagram on this. So please give her a follow and check out her bag of goodies as she travels travels around Nashville. If you catch me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or if you have questions about wine, I'm yes. sure she would love to we answer love, and yeah. DMs. Or love it. Please yeah. check out 100% Italiano and their catalog and what they have. Uh, delicious wines. Yes, this has and, been so uh, fun. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Yay.